Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments. Get started at Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Results may vary. See Chime.com for details. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. What's going on, everybody? With your host Malcolm and Brittany Garrison, and you're listening to Let's Talk About It. Let's Talk About It is a space where we unpack life's transitions and their effects on millennials. As entrepreneurs and millennial parents, we've navigated a lot of life transitions. And we're here to share those experiences with you while challenging perspectives and engaging in open dialogue. Y'all ready? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Well, um, we're back. We are back. um, And we are going at the same time. Yeah, I know. This is season two finale episode. I can't believe it's literally already been another 12 episodes. Like, time is flying. (laughs) No, time has flown by. And just these 12 episodes alone, I think we went through a lot of different stuff, a lot of different topics. And uh, we discovered a lot of things in this Yeah, episode. this season was real, giving real awakening, like talking about, you know, from the top of like talking about identity and losing yourself and finding yourself or um, and purpose and change and pivoting and how do I navigate through those things. And then, you know, you and your boys came, spicy talking. We, we had a lot of after dark this season, too. We did have <laughs> a lot of after dark, more than usual. So the men's episode, I think it was really authentic. It was raw, uh, definitely raw, but very raw. I think it was authentic, and I thought a lot of people related to it. Like, we got a lot of calls, yeah, a lot agree. of texts about like, man, like y'all said some things that I wish I could say. <laughs> and I think for women too, I feel like if a woman, a wife, a girlfriend was watching with the proper, or somebody who wants to be, you know, in a relationship was watching with the proper perspective and looking to learn or looking for the insight versus looking to judge the conversation, there was a lot of areas to learn from it. Yeah. Um, so I did appreciate that, but I definitely liked. I'm not gonna lie, I liked our after dark sessions because I feel like they're, you know, sometimes you get caught up in conversation and it's like it's not the planned out show notes and we're going to talk about this in this format and it's just raw it's just natural it's just this is our everyday life like i think this season people got a real look into the household of the garrisons like what's it like when you're around us what is it like when you're around our friend group right um how are we in real life as you know because a lot of people do know us from business or you know us from social media um and i think when you put people in that perspective and really getting that not the video versions but the straight up audio real talk 
there was a lot of people that had a lot to say about those conversations as well. So um, this season was real, real talk. Even your trigger episode talking about, yeah. um, you know. That trigger episode, it was like, I think it was therapy for myself. It might be therapy for the rest of my family if they hear it, if they listen to it. Um, I know my mom listened to it, and I think she. Really? What did she say? I, she didn't say. <laughs> you know what? Like, she didn't, she didn't say anything. But she said in the family group chat, uh, listen to Malcolm Britt's uh, podcast for oh, for, for uh, therapy. Oh, wow. Or something like that. Yeah, and I was yeah like, no, I think because, I mean, honestly, if, if it was your first time talking about it, I can only imagine, like, what the true discussion has been besides, you know, trying to find him or trying to get him help. Like, how does all of this actually make us feel, though? Like, how has it impacted our family? How has it impacted our person? Right. I think... It's just having the real conversations that are uncomfortable, too, yep. because this is real life. At the end of the day, these this is real life, and this is what our life consists of. You know, a game night and married AF. Yeah, married, a, yeah, married, <laughs> married AF. Married AF was, woo! You know what? And, and what's it called? Somebody said, like, you just never know what will happen oh, in one of these episodes, you on, the, know, you know, on a podcast, turns, like, what will be said, what will be depicted or unpacked. You mm-hmm. just never know. And I think that's what I liked about most about the season is that we talked about so many different things, but you never knew what to expect in every single episode. Yeah, facts. So it's like there a lot of you made sure you came back to listen because you don't know what you're going to get. And tonight is no different. Um, and it's our season finale. So uh, what we did with this episode, we put out a couple polls on our social media, and um, we let people ask us questions. And uh, via text, they were via social media, via DM, um, anonymously, not anonymously. Um, But this episode is called Questions That Need Answers because a lot of people come to us about specific things when it comes to business, when it comes to relationships, when it comes to now parenthood, Mm -hmm. working collectively. And so... It's your moment to ask those questions. And so we took a couple of the ones that uh, we thought are going to really be impactful, and we're going to talk about them tonight. Yeah. So let's start it. Let's, let's start, start it. Let's All right, st- Let's do it. We're going to keep everybody anonymous, though, right? Yes. Everybody uh, is anonymous. Okay. We'll I will it. only say he or she. That is all you can get. If it's a he okay. or she type of situation, like I said, some of okay. them were anonymous, so you don't really know who it was. Oh, okay. All right, bet. So question one says... Um, Congrats on celebrating your four-year anniversary recently. Oh, shout out to that. We didn't even talk about our anniversary. We definitely just turned four. Turned four. Turned okay. four. Yes. We did turn four, so I'm excited about year four. But anyway, um, congrats on celebrating your four-year anniversary recently. After being together for almost 10 years and married for now four, why do you think marriage is important? All right, so why do I think marriage is important? I think, I think marriage is... One, if all right, so if you're looking at it from a financial standpoint, it is important because I think it's a quicker way to generate wealth because you get to put together two incomes, yeah, because you can put together two incomes, so it's not solely reliant upon you and you have somebody else that that is there for you, you know what I'm saying? So you can you can build wealth a lot, a lot quicker, and you look better on paper when it comes to (laughs) trying to get things, you know what I'm saying? So, Malcolm is basically saying that marriage is. It is a contract. I mean, it's, it's, so, it's so a business. So Corey was right when he said it was a contract. It is. It is a business move. I will say that it is a business move. Definitely makes you look better on taxes, but it costs a lot more. What does? Marriage. You can't even get benefits trying to screw you out of yeah. 
everything. No, definitely. Mar- marriage is definitely like you, you get a lot more breaks. I, the reason why I would say it's important, though, is because if you decide to have children, what example do you want them to see? And for me, it's like I never thought of having children and not being married. If I wanted to bring somebody into this world, I wanted to, to give them the same dynamic I had and, and what I saw. And I think it, it builds a healthy a healthy dynamic between them. They get to see somebody love on their on their mother and vice versa. And I think it it's a very it's when it comes to family, I think it's the most important thing when, when you're trying to when you're trying to build something. Like I mean, think about it. Have you ever, when you decided to get married, well, like when you said yes, weren't you already like looking to, to be married one day? Yeah, I was looking to be married just because, I mean, truth be told, there's not there's not that many women that I know personally that don't have that as a desire um, because that's how we're, we're, we're trained that way. So you're given that desire over the course of your life because everybody's talking about, well, you need to learn how to cook because you got to make sure that you can or run a household one day, feed your family. You got to learn how to clean up and all that stuff like that mm-hmm. because you got to keep a home. You got to learn all these things growing up right. as a woman, um, as a girl growing into a woman because it's all in preparation for marriage and motherhood and all that kind of stuff like that. But so it's like you kind of, you don't really have a, some people don't realize they don't even have that desire sometimes because you always heard that, even if it's not what you saw growing up because I know plenty of people, like my parents, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? My parents grew, my mom, my dad grew up in a single mother household yeah. but he had a desire to be married so um it's not necessarily always what you see it's what you want um and so which could come from what you saw yeah. also um but i think marriage is important because it really shows you you there's a there's a different level of growth and personal development that you go through when you get married and you have to be your full self all the time because Mm -hmm. when you're dating somebody even when you're living at your parents household um there's a version of you that you are yeah and i don't think you can be that married not not long term at least you Mm -hmm. know what i mean it's it's a full transparent situation it's it's nakedness at all in all its parts of understanding and learning who you are. Um, And I don't feel like, you know, some people say you shouldn't get married if you don't know who you are. And I don't think that's true because you're always evolving and you're ever changing. But there's parts of you that you won't understand until marriage, until parenthood, um, because you're never in that position to be that person. When you are growing up, you talk about going to school and you go to school, you cuss all day and then you go home and it's like, you just cut that part of you off. Like, Oh, I don't like, it's like you're a whole nother person. So you can be, whoever you want to be growing up at your parents' house, you and your brother, me, my brother, my sister, like, now that they're older, my sister just turned 25, my brother's 22, I'm 30, and it's like, you know what I'm saying? It was, it's, it's not, it's not the same when you're going in your bedroom and taking a shot than it was <laughs> when you, you're 19 and 20 and 21, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And so it's like, you could be a whole nother person that your parents don't know even exists. Exactly. But when you get married, that person is with you all the time. Yeah. They see, even if you fake in business, you fake in the work, your spouse knows who you really are. Yeah. And so it's a, it's like a, a, 
a, a overbearing crash course on personal development because you really have to see you yeah. for you, even your insecurities. What are the parts of you that you don't like? You know what I mean? What are the parts of you that make you scared? How are you when you're stressed? How you know all those kind of things are things that I feel like you learn because you're married. And so yeah. I think one of the major importances is really like your next level of growth. I don't, but that's not to say that marriage is like the only way that you're going to find this stuff out. You're going to find no. it out in life, period. But those are one of the reasons why I think it's important to me. I think everybody desires to have somebody, you know, like these people that say that, you know, I can do bad all by myself and stuff like that. Like, I think they're lying to themselves. Like everybody wants their person, that person that they can be completely vulnerable with and has your back 100%. When I think about it, I'm like, you, my wife, you're my one, you're my you're my biggest supporter, but you'll have me, you'll have you'll have my back before anybody else will. You know what I'm saying? And I think people are longing for that kind of that kind of relationship. And, you know, to have that in your life, I think is better. You become better when you have somebody like that in your life. Because it's another level of trust. Correct. To know 100%. that I could one that this person gonna continuously love me through everything, um, even even the parts of me that people don't know about or the things that people don't know about, um, and that I can trust this person with my life as well. Um, you know, at the end of the day, talking about creating people yes. in parenthood is you trusting somebody with your whole life yeah, and right. another life. Um, you know, it's every day. Every day is different, and it's not easy. Um, marriage is hard. Marriage be hard, as Kevin on stage said. Yeah. It is hard. It is, it is something you have to work at every single day. It is it is the the, the longest job you have. <laughs> the, long, the longest job, literally. But I think some of the importance is, is really the person that you grow into as you have to also care for other people. When you're single, you don't have to really consider. You can consider, but you don't have to. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's a lot that goes into it. But I'll say, I'll, I'll digress because we'll be on this whole question all day. Yeah. Let's move on. So question number two says, um, so I've been with my boyfriend for over a year now. And I'm thinking about moving in with him. I'm nervous because I don't want him to not want to consider marriage because he's getting the perks now. Will living together stop him from fully committing? What do you think about that? Here's the thing. And I'm probably <laughs> going to get crucified for this. By who? The church. Uh, who else will crucify? Crucify get him. him. <laughs> but here's the thing. I don't think, I think it's a, I think it's old school. What is? The whole, if you get, what's the whole phrase that our parents used to say, if you give them the cow, or why would he need to buy the milk? Whatever. Well, you know the whole thing. You know thing. what I'm saying? You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know But why, why, am I going, why is he going to marry you if you're giving him all the perks for free and he doesn't have to commit to you? Well, first things first, I do believe that moving in with somebody is a commitment in itself. You know what I'm saying? Like that is, you're still merging two worlds. You're still talking about now sharing bills and anything can go wrong. You know what I'm saying? And at that moment when you're not committed and you're able to get out, well, the, it is a huge commitment simply because if that other person leaves and your rent is $2,000, but you was only paying a, a thousand. Yeah. Uh, your world has changed, baby. Like, it's not, that's a commitment. So I don't want it to be looked at as if that in itself isn't a commitment. Um, and I don't think, I mean, I think I would ask you that because I did feel like that for a second. We moved in together, you know, back in 2016 that is he going to propose to me 
if he had if he doesn't have to because we went through a situation in our relationship before when we were just talking and messing around and all that stuff like that where it was like we ain't even got to put no titles on it and in the millennial world that's how some of us operate you know what i'm saying are women fearful of that is that like an insecurity for women like um i I don't know if i should move in because now i feel like i'm I'm making myself further from a ring or do y'all feel like y'all are getting closer to a ring when I think it can be both. I think both both aspects you consider. The first thing is like it, am I giving away too much without that? Mm-hmm. And if I do, what does that mean for me long term? Um but I think at the same time it's also like I want to know let me tell you why I did it. Okay. The re- one of the reasons why I did it was because I talked to some divorced individuals that said the hardest year of their marriage was the first two because they didn't know each other in that setting. And so hearing that, honestly, it gave me solace to do it anyway. I mean, I, I didn't care. You right. know what I'm saying? And I think part of me was more so what is the church going to think or what are people going to say if they knew that this was happening? And you know what I'm saying? Like, um, But once I kind of got past all that and I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. I, yeah, I mean, for me, I, I never, I never thought of it like that. Like, what the church is gonna say? Because I, I just didn't see that dynamic growing up. Like, it was kind of like, if y'all together, and y'all moving forward with your relationship, moving in together was kind of the next step. That's just all I saw. Um, and so it didn't have anything to do with you know Christianity and being a Christian stuff like that. But I think any man that that is willing to move in with a female. He's he is making a commitment and he's thought about this thoroughly. You know, he's thought about this very, very thoroughly. And the fact that he's allowing that, it sa- it says something more to it should say something more to a woman that he's not here to play with me. Like like he's not playing. If he's if he's looking to move in with you, he's not playing. But I can understand that there could be a fearfulness, like, okay, am I gonna give him too much? But the thing is, you that's the risk women have to take. Because essentially, men take the same risk too. So let me ask you this: from from your perspective in our relationship, what what changed within that dynamic? Like when we moved in together, was it more incentive to marry me, or was it just like, I mean, this is cool? So when we moved in together, it wasn't it wasn't like it was more incentive. It was it what I saw was it was just another step in our relationship. Like okay, we were apart for so long. Now we're moving in together. We moved to a whole different state, so we're moving in together now. Okay, this is just another notch in our relationship. We're going to another level. And I honestly wasn't thinking about when should I marry until I was really ready. I was like, man, I'm. this is what I want to do. But I hadn't thought about the fear of, okay, is she going to give me too much? And she will she feel like she won't get the ring you know what i'm saying no, no, you're missing it that's not okay. that's not, you men we don't think that men are thinking about if we're going to give too much okay the question is if you live with me and you're getting you know all the things that men want mm-hmm. check that and make sure it's fine when i'm talking blah 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 yeah. okay men are getting everything that they want mm-hmm. you're you're getting a home-cooked meal you getting a clean <laughs> yes, house. That's right. You, you you getting sex whenever you want it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when you add all those aspects into the now lifestyle, you splitting bills, you sharing the responsibilities, does it give you incentive to now put a ring on it if you're already getting all those things without it? Here's the thing. No, it doesn't give me any incentive. But that doesn't mean I don't want to do it. Because I actually, I think you he... 
he's now more privy to doing it because now he knows what it's going to be like being married to you. Now, what will expose somebody is if what will expose somebody is if y'all do move in together and it's a shit show. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's something from hell. Like you ain't cooking, you ain't cleaning, and y'all always getting into it. And you know, there's so many expectations that people have mm-hmm. when people move in together, and you slowly to see that. Like that's not real life. What you had in your head what is a you fairy tale. When you move, because you every night straight out of college for real. You were straight I, out of college. So yes. What What were your expectations when we moved in together? Sex every night. That was absolutely my expectation. Just that. That was really it. I mean, I'm straight <laughs> out of college. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. But when you get older, you understand. Like, bro, that's not even possible. Like, I mean, it's possible, but. You ain't even gonna feel like doing that, and neither was she. You know what I'm saying? Like that's not, that's not realistic, mm-hmm. and that's a fairy tale, and that's what I mean. Like we we give ourselves these fairy tales of how it's gonna be when we when we do move in with somebody. That okay, if it's not like that, then it's the issue. No, it's not an issue. You you just now you're, you're understanding how life is. So before you and move what on, life because be. the next question is from a guy, and is in the okay. same realm. So I had them next to each other, right? Okay. His question is, my girl and I have been arguing because I'm ready to go take the next step in our relationship and moving together, but she doesn't think it's necessary. I do. I want to know what her real habits are before I propose. Is cohabitation a necessary step before getting married? Leave her ass, yes. Sorry, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. I'm playing. so sorry to that man. I'm so, no, is, is, it, is cohabitation necessary? Yeah. All right, so I don't think it's necessary. I, I don't. Do. I don't think it's necessary, but I. I but I would recommend it. I would too, based off of what I just said too. Yeah, because how I see it is like, if y'all got two different like real lives, like say what somebody has a has bought a house before, and y'all and you know y'all y'all now getting together, and she has a house or you have a house, and this person is renting and stuff. Like that, they have a whole life. So do you really want to? Mix those worlds. You don't have to mix those worlds in order to now make the decision to get married. I don't think you have to cohabitate, but I think you open up yourself with a world of problems uh, if you don't. You can't say that because there are plenty of successful marriages that we know. You know what I'm saying? In life in general. So it's not to say if you don't cohabitate, your marriage is going to fail because that's not true. Okay, you're right. I don't want it to sound like that's what's being said, but I personally feel like it was necessary for me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, it was necessary for me because one, you know, a little black magic, which was that saying from a bunch of divorced people saying their, their first two years of marriage was so hard because <laughs> it was that learning to live together. It was it was learning to live together. It was learning how that would work for them. Mm-hmm. And we argued a lot at the beginning, too, just because we did things differently. Living together in college and living together in life are two totally different living togethers. Yes. You know correct. what I'm saying? You got meal cards. <laughs> you you yeah. ain't you ain't even got to replenish your own toilet paper. You ain't got to really clean your room. for You know what I'm saying? Like, That's real. That's real. It's a whole different lifestyle when you realize that my husband likes to walk out of his shoes. I feel like What I do you mean develop. walk out of my shoes? It's like you walk out of them. They're still walking. Like they're in a... They're literally in... Like steps, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? And I really feel like I've picked up that terrible habit 
But you walk out of your shoes or you leave your clothes on the floor, or you you know what I'm saying? You squeeze the toothpaste in the center, you you don't put the toilet paper on the toilet roll, you put it on the sink. You hate me. These are the things no no no. <laughs> I, I've learned how to deal with them, but at the beginning, these were issues. You would come home and because of how you put the dishes away or how you did this, I was waiting for you to get home so I could be like, Look at this. <laughs> like, yeah. um, let me come show you something real I quick. I remember that. And I never forget the moment that that changed for me. When I realized I was a nag Mm -hmm. was when you said, when you came home and I said, let me show you something real quick in a very sarcastic way. And your response was, what you got to complain about today? Mm. And I said, oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. (laughs) And that's when you you, you tightened up. Because that's where I had to start to realize, okay, some of the stuff that I'm complaining about isn't complainable when I can fix it. It's not that bad because... The way you squeeze the to- toothpaste, I have two options. Either mm-hmm. to fix it the way I want it or to go get my own toothpaste. Right. You know what I'm saying? But these are the things I learned from living with you. So now I have to determine when you leave chip bags on a nightstand, can Weak. I live with that? Because you do it. Huh? Because you doing that. No. Uh, what? You I leave don't. a whole meal on that nightstand. No, I do not. I'm, on water, nice. I'm water bottles under the bed for sure. Definitely a million water <laughs> bottles. Like literally. <laughs> A whole recycling bin. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. But I learned that hack, so you say, mm-hmm. in cohabitation. I learned what I was willing to deal with I, because I already knew how you lived. You know, And it's not to say that you're a dirty person. It's just certain things that we don't like. Somebody, One of my friends put on uh, Facebook, TT uh, put on Facebook yesterday, said, uh, I don't know what, what it is about men, but why you always find your lotion in the kitchen. What is that? And it was so many men that was like, we don't know, but sometimes the cabinets are obviously ashy, and that's where I feel like I need to lotion myself. That's funny. You know what I'm saying? It's just certain things that just don't make sense to us. But you yeah. learn to live with it or love it or figure out how it's not an issue for you. Well, I think for, for that for that person in, in particular, I don't think cohabitation is necessary, but I would explore why she's hesitant or she doesn't want to cohabitate like what is it what's the real reason is it religious reasons or is it just you want your own space because this is now another issue because when we do get married then what you know what i'm saying there's there's not a, a a switch that can just flip if you have you know certain beliefs or things like that that you want your own space like you 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 can't have your own space. We married. The hell you mean? We I won. Do, I do wish that I could. We talked about this last week where I was mm-hmm. like, I wish, I don't wish, but I wonder what life would have been like if we didn't live together. Like, what would yeah. that dynamic have been if we relocated? Because, you know, my best friend relocated here. Your best friend relocated here. What would life have been if I lived with her and you lived with him? You yeah, know what I don't I'm saying? Know. Right. Like, what would that dynamic have been? Because, you know what I mean? She was living with her family, but then she moved in with her now husband. He was living with us, and then he moved in with his now wife. You know what I'm saying? Well, I say all that to say, let that be a lesson to you. <laughs> what, <laughs> it works. What, uh, right, it works. We three, well, it's three for three. Was, we got one more. It's like four for four. If you had a couple, we got a couple of them. I mean, I, I think it works. Yeah, yeah. But I say that to Definitely say, proof. I do, I am curious, you know, if I could go back to see what that dynamic would have been like if I lived with somebody. I never lived on my own. We never lived on our own. You know what I'm saying? That's And that's the thing. That's why I say it's it's possible that you you don't have to cohabitate. Like, because you do, 
there's an individuality in that. Like, y'all are separate. Y'all have your own places and stuff like that. Y'all have your own lives going on. So part of that is power in being an individual in that in that sense. What, like I said, we never had that. We, we never, never had that chance. We, we never we lived apart. So we don't know how we would have functioned, how we would have been, mm-hmm. been, you know, being on our own, completely on our own. Yeah. Like we came from being in our house mm-hmm. with our parents Actually, to being straight out of college, from, straight out of college, to in our parents' house to together, to together in a house together. So there wasn't that time to kind of explore yourself and all those other things, which ain't a bad thing. But you know, you just never know. You just never know. Like I, I, I truly do. I asked my best friend that the other day. I was like, "What would have life been like if me and you had our own crib?" You know what I'm saying? Because I know that's who I probably would have lived with, 100. Mm-hmm. percent Like I know that. For sure. Yeah. That we probably would have lived together or whatever. She would have been my roommate. And I'm like, yeah, what would our life have been if we were roommates and we never lived with these What dudes? if y'all wouldn't have liked each other? Yeah. Like, you'd hate each other and just wouldn't have got... We're too similar in, in personality to dislike each other. And we are very... Um, we are we're good with conflict with each other as well. Like we're we're cool with just having a conversation of what is. That's good. That's you good. You know what I'm saying? Like, nigga... <laughs> Don't even. All right. <laughs> Next question. Next. All right. Questions that need answers. All right. What do you think is the mindset of millennial women right now when it comes to dating and relationships? I want to know that from you. I want to know what's the mindset. Walk me into the mindset of a millennial woman right now. So most millennial women right now, we are aged between like 27, 28. Yeah, because 96. It's 25. It's 26. 24. Yeah. 26. Yeah, it's 96. So 26 to like 40, 43, 44. Mm-hmm. I think any, I think most millennial women right now is it's like their mindset. And this is for me having friends that are single and dating. Most of them all have the same mindset. My next relationship needs to be my husband. So dating is very intentional for them. And they're not looking for, you know what I'm saying, another little fling. They're not looking for somebody to lay up with. They're looking for, like, it, does this man have potential to be my husband? What what changed? A whole spider. What, that's a spider for sure. It came down his web. What what changed, though? Because now, like, is it, it seems like... We're getting older. What do you mean? That's it. But... And like, is it like okay? I want to have kids, and I'm getting older. Or I mean, that's a factor. T- I mean, I'm 30, and I feel that way about a second child. Like, do am I ready for one? No, right. But I'm 30 AF, so like, I mean, <laughs> you better get to getting at the same time. Mm-hmm. But I'm cool. You know what I'm saying? It's like both. Yeah. So I think that I think it is that we're getting older, and I also also think it's just a place of maturation because there was a season in life where I think a lot of us were. I don't need no man or I'm good or or we were career driven and it's like it's like after you've done all you can like all right it's just kind of like natural life progression if that's what I want that's what I mm. want I'm not necessarily I'm not necessarily cool with just I feel you you know just kicking it or like like what is the intent like I don't I feel like now is that season where there is a lot of question about what do you want what are you looking for because if that's not and it might not be that we get married it's just that I need to know that that's something that you're looking for so that if this is that, that I know that that's where we're going to go. Not that you just out here trying to kick it. Not that you out here just trying to, you know, bust a nut. Like, that you really are in a place where you're looking for somebody the way I'm looking for somebody. Yeah, I, I get that. I think millennial men, I feel like they are cautious right now. 
why are they are they cautious because they know women want to get married? No, I think they they don't think they know. I, I feel like they think women don't know what they want or that they are really just choosing men based on their based on their financial circumstance. Now that is true too. Now and, there is a there's a huge culture of, you know what I'm saying, I want him to be established. Mm-hmm. Which I can understand. Like I mean, I, I think at thirty it's acceptable to say I don't want a bum. Yeah, absolutely. And it might not even, but I think there's standards and expectations that have been set now where there's like a bar. Like, if your nigga don't make six figures, then you need to go find you another man. Right, which is unfortunate. It is unfortunate. You know what I'm saying? Because that cuts out so many men. It does cut out so many men. You know what I'm saying? And I don't think, I'm not saying it's right, but I can understand it. You know what I'm saying? I can understand wanting somebody established, wanting to... um, like merge the lives with somebody that's established. Now it also depends on your rationale for why that's what you want. Okay. It's different if I make six figures or I make a quarter mil, like the amount of amount of money we've made if I was meeting you today. Right, right, right. I, right. I mean, it's not to say that if you were only making fifty thousand or seventy thousand, eighty thousand, I'm not looking your way. I was looking your way at fifty dollars and I was making two hundred. That's that's true. You know that's what I'm true. saying? <laughs> no. I was making two hundred a week. You was making fifty a week. When I went back yeah, on my job, remember real. I just looked at my uh, IRS transcripts. You, you was getting paid. I was making I had 20 thousand no dollars over the summer. Mm-hmm. You were still making fifty dollars a week. It was bad for me. So yes. I, we've done this already. You know what I'm saying? But I'm saying I feel like at, at this point in my life, I don't know if I would be able to say the same thing. Right. You know what I mean? Rightfully so. But the thing is, how much? It's the, about the amount of money you've made now, though. But what I'm saying is that millennial men, right now, they're they're cautious because they feel like one, women are only dating for for what they can do for them financially, and they don't know like is she really trying to get married? Is she serious about this, or is she just trying to run pick me the, up. you know run me up or or, or pick the the crim dollar crim? And you know we talked about this, and I talked we didn't talk about this on the men's episode, but we did have a conversation around like. I asked them, I said, how, not even them, I asked men at the gym, like, what is the dating scene like right now? Mm-hmm. And, and they were like, bro, everybody wants this six-figure dude, and in and and, 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 and reality, that's the top, what, 10% of people? Mm-hmm. So that's a lot less men that majority of women are looking for. Well, if that's the case, then I think if that's what you're looking for, it's like what I talk about with some of my clients. Like, if this is what you're looking for, mm-hmm. you have to understand that this is the pool that you're looking for Correct. from. And if you feel like you don't have enough options, it's because you're not casting a wide web. That's a, you know that's a right. That's so right. It's it's okay. Like, if that's what you want, that's what you want. But you gotta one be. You gotta be. I think it's it's important to know your motive for it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. And like I said, that's not to say, because it does sound shallow for me to say, based off of the money I've made, that I wouldn't date you if you weren't making, you know what I'm saying, whatever. But for me, it, it's... To me, it I sounds think, understandable, though. But Because I, I need to know that you're not with me for the same reasons. I right. think it's vice versa. I don't think it's just women to men. I just think women vocalize it more. Because right. there's gold digging men, too. 
I can I can see that. You know what I'm saying? I can see that. But it's knowing that there's something that you contribute to what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? And are you are we looking to collaborate? Is this just a business situation for you? Or are you looking to like, all right, if you making half a million and I'm making a quarter million, we got 750. We need to get another 250 so that we can go ahead and be at a million. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, I need to know, like, that's what I would need you to come with. I'm not asking for a marriage business plan, but I am. <laughs> well, this 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 is what I've, I've observed is that sometimes millennial women have have this thought that if he isn't making six figures, then he's a bum. He de he doesn't want more, and that's not necessarily the case. And I think there's not enough people wanting to build each other up. No, I agree with that. Which is why some some men, some women may feel like okay, my time is ticking, but how many how many men have they met? along this path, you know, along their journey that could have been men that you could have built with, mm -hmm. but for whatever reason, you, you, you didn't work out. And vice versa for men, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like that's missing right now in this no, generation. No, I agree. I think that's, I think, and that was one of the, the next questions, which is what, what is so screwed up about dating right now? Okay. I think that the expectations are just, everybody. nobody's voicing the expectations, and the ones that are voicing the expectations, people don't want to receive what people want. Yeah. And you know, you know what I'm saying? So it's now it's like, oh, you feel like you don't have any options because the woman wants what she wants, but it's like, okay, well, who are you and what do you contribute and how do you bring value to another person's life? I think that conversation is different because the value is only in the money now. The value is only in the price. The value is not in well can he can he raise my kids if i'm some you know we're in the generation right now we're at the age where some of these relationships are coming with children correct can, yes can, we can are you, at that age now we're at that age where you, at that age you, now. you don't You're you right. can't really say that you coming into a situation with a man that doesn't have a child yeah you know what i'm saying you can't say that you come into a situation with a woman that doesn't have a child so are they good with children do they want children how are they with my child that don't belong question. to them how are they with the are they cool with building a relationship with my baby moms i have friends that have you know uh, that are married to men that have um other children by other women mm -hmm. and when they ain't good the baby mama and the baby daddy it, the wives are the ones that are comfortable standing in the gap building the relationships between the two of them or with the other woman so mm. it's like it, it you know these are the kind of people i surround myself around you know what i mean yeah like are you that woman are you that man is that what he wants is he gonna be comfortable with that you know what i'm saying i think the value of the person has been demoted yeah. to just money yeah i think i think dating now it's so screwed up just because, I mean, in this perspective, some people may think it's not screwed up, but um, just from my observation, I would say people are not communicating enough of what they expect up front. Like it, the, the conversations are not being had up front of this is what I'm looking for. I'm looking for X, Y, and Z. I'm actually dating and, and according to be married. But that's what, that's what, that, I'm not just men here say for the that night. scared them though. Well, it's, it's, it's how you say it. It's, it's like, because you don't want to come to a, to the first date being like a job interview. You, you don't want to be an interviewer. What is, your, what, is your five, what is your five year plan? What is your five? Like, stuff like that. Like, that comes off as honestly masculine. Like, see, but I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, because if you're asking the first time I meet you, you're asking. No, no, no. What I want your five know, year plan. No, no, no. Your, five year plan is kind of absurd. <laughs> but I do want to know your ambitions. I, I'm the kind true. of woman that if we were meeting today, like mm -hmm. I often think about like what would 30 year old us be like on a first date? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I would want Man. to know 
what you want out of the next decade of your life. Like you just turned 30. Like what did, what have you accomplished so far? Right. And what do you want? Right. And I want to share with you the same thing. The difference is most of the time people want to hear about it, but they don't want to, they don't have the same thing. I just want to know where, what you want out of your life. Right. So I can see so kind of how I can be on the bandwagon. Let me go check that out. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I want to be able to tell my parents that he's a doctor. I want to go home and tell my family. But that's status related. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I mean. That's status, though. Like, are we dating for stat? Are people dating for status now? In Atlanta, for sure. In Atlanta, I feel like they definitely are. are dating for status. Who is the richest man that I could be with? They are dating for status for sure in Atlanta. For sure. But I don't don't think it's right, though. I, I think what's missing is... And can I build with this person? Can I build this person up? Can they build me up? Can we be better together? Can we work as a team? Can we actually grow our wealth together? Mm-hmm. And am I willing to do that? I don't care if you make 50000 a year. I don't care if I make 100 Now we get 150 How can we turn this and flip this into 300 I don't think people are thinking like that. And that is, I feel like, is the issue. Yes, because... If it's rela- if it's if it's transactional from the beginning, you're not thinking of a partnership. Yeah. And that's, that's the issue. I would say that's why dating is screwed up. That was a good one. Questions that need answers is a vibe. <laughs> Questions that need answers. All right, here's a good one. All right. Based off of that, it's like these are perfect segues. Okay. I'm making the most money I've ever made right now, but I still feel like I'm living paycheck to paycheck. What should I be doing to keep more money? To keep more money. See, and what I would want to know is how, how much they actually are making. But I think let's take it just since everybody want to make six figures. Let's take it from a hundred k. Okay, they're making a hundred k a year, and you feel like you're living paycheck to paycheck. First thing I would look at, I would look at what kind of debt do I have. Um, if we're thirty, depending on what you know what you do for a living and stuff like that, or how you spend your money. You could be in a lot of personal debt that may be eating away at, at, at your income because you're paying that off every month. Or you're a person that every time you make more money, you go out and, and you increase your, your expenses. And so it's like, what am I, one, what is my debt? And then what am I paying for for things right now on a monthly basis? How much is my debt to income ratio? Um, I think a lot of people will find where their money is when they understand is. Am I staying at a 25 to 28% debt-to-income ratio? If you're anything above that, you are living paycheck to paycheck. And it's only about a matter of time before something can go can go bad. So that's what I would look at. Um, and what, what was the other um, part of the question? Was it how do I make more or something? No, like how that? do I keep more? How do you keep more? I, I would say as soon as you get paid, put money, uh, put money away for you. Like pay yourself first. I think... You know, sometimes when we are living paycheck to paycheck or when people do live paycheck to paycheck, they think about their bills as soon as they get paid mm-hmm. instead of paying themselves. And then wherever, wherever needs to be paid, then you pay it. But they they would look up. They had way more money. Anytime you get paid, whew, shoot $100, $200, whatever it is, mm-hmm. shoot it to an account and don't touch it. I think one of the ways people can keep more money is to be more um, budget-minded. This is very difficult for me. Okay. My husband is a is that guy. 
I looked at the bank account last week and was like, damn, like, bruh, how did you even get the money in the savings that fast? <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think when we become more budget oriented or like where does the money go? Because so often, especially as you continue to make more money, I think this is one of the, the areas that most of us as we're scaling up, like you said, you increase your expenses and but you don't even know where you were in the first place. So I think one of the first things that I looked at when we started learning about money mm-hmm. and making money was where are our expenses at and what should they be at? And, Mm -hmm. you know, when you put them down to at least 25%, at the time that I learned the 25% rule of living expenses, Mm -hmm. we were at almost 80. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? So it's like when you look, if you start to look at, like Malcolm said, what are you paying? But at a percentage base in the sense of, okay, how much of my actual income is going to my bills. When you look right. at it and see it's 80, 90%, 70%, high 60%, well, then you'll look at why I don't have much excess because the majority of it is bills. It's car notes. It's rent. You know what I'm saying? And you look at that kind of stuff like that. So when we were looking at, we were bringing in what, like $3,200, $3,500 a month, while our living expenses were like $2,528. Yeah. I can't, there's not much room. I got, our rent was $1,100, our car note was $500. You're talking about insurance. He had an accident. It was all kinds of stuff that's just eating, eating, eating. And there's always two answers to it. Either you decrease your expenses or you make more money. And I think the best the best way to do it is to do both. Yeah, you got to do both at the same time. But you have to know where you are. Yeah. And the problem is most people don't want to do the evaluation to get somewhere else. They just want to make yeah. more money. I yeah. just want to get to six figures. I just want to get to the, seven figures. I just want to get to eight figures. But you don't know where you are right now it, to make the adjustments when that happens. So I think I think there is a fearfulness around people having to look in the mirror financially and be like, where, where exactly am I? Where where is my money actually going? People are insecure about this, and until we break through the insecurity of, let me just get better. Let me just get right. better at it, and let me let me take advantage of. If you're making good money, if you're making the most money you ever made, there should be no reason why you live paycheck paycheck. Obviously, there is a spending problem somewhere, or twenty. The average person has twenty to thirty subscriptions. 20 to 30 subscriptions. I am people. And the number one thing I'm doing is I'm cutting that more than half because most of them you don't need. That's facts. And it could add up to, you never know, you could be paying $1,000 a month in, in subscriptions. Nah, facts. Apple, Apple alone. <laughs> and Apple is going to fight for that last $10. I'm telling you, every time. You so, gotta yeah, go. I think that's one of the biggest things is one, like you said, you gotta you gotta look at the man in the mirror and really start to break that stuff down. If it, if you need help, like get it. If you need to look at a budget sheet, if you need to find a way to do that, you have to do it because that look into your life is what changes things because you now know where you are and where you can shift or where you can scale and all that kind of stuff like that. Well, I think we were at one point where uh, when we were making the most money, you talking about the height of like now we're scaling and going like what that season when we really st- went from not having any money to mm-hmm. making a lot of money, mm-hmm. our living expenses were at 80%. We got them all the way down as low as 13. Yeah. Yeah. When you get them down, when you know percentages like that and you know where your money is, now you at 13%. Well, now you're talking about what really can I do with the money now? Yeah. And then, and then get an accountability partner or a coach, sure. you know, a coach. And I could definitely do that. <laughs> and insert ad here. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or get a coach, accountability partner, somebody that's not biased, though. Yeah, for sure. Somebody that's not biased and that actually cares about your well-being financially. Do you want to share about what you're about to launch for them? Yeah. No, definitely. Uh, 
So I'm launching uh, a program called Better Finance Academy, and it's dedicated to helping people um, with their personal finances, budgeting, saving more. But also the goal is to find your money, save your money, and then invest your money into things that create passive income. Uh, the same formula that we use to uh, become financially free and, and really scale our money uh, in our business. And that's the thing I'm sharing with other people. So, Yeah, so if you're looking for the coach, we got you. Coach Malcolm right here <laughs> giving his coach vibes today. Um, so after building a business for five years together, what were the challenges as well as the highlights that came when you decided to split up? You tell me. One of the biggest challenges for me was accepting that in general, um, and and accepting I, the split up, ex- accepting that you decided to leave me <laughs> in oh, business, <laughs> um, because I was so you get you grow used to doing things. At that point, it's a habit to build with somebody. Um, because you just talked about it. Nobody wants to build with each other anymore. So now you're talking about our livelihood has been connected to what we do together. Right. Um, so there were a lot of questions. One being, can I do this by myself? If I do it by myself, can I do it at the level that we did it that brings forth the income that we made together? Mm-hmm. Um, then it, it, the dynamic of our, our relationship is different. We're, we're married with a child. Can I move the same way I was moving if we're not moving together? Will he allow me to move? How it's it's there were so many questions, but I think the biggest one and the biggest challenge was getting over the fact that you had the autonomy to do something by yourself. Right. Um, it made me start to question myself, um, not just in what I was. Do- I mean, not just in could I do it, but also. Am I in purpose now? Am I doing something that I'm just used to doing? Or am I looking for something that gives me purpose, gives me, um, makes me feel impactful, makes me feel fulfilled? So it made me start to evaluate not only you, that situation, the business, but also what's bringing what? And am yeah. I just doing this out of habit, out of force, out of need for income, uh, which is really a lack mentality? Or is it time for me to also, it, it opened my mind. So one of the, the challenges was that, but the highlight was opening myself up to the thought that you could do more than just this. Mm. Because if you don't do that, I don't start thinking like that. Yeah. I was in the, if it ain't broke, don't fix it mentality. Well, yeah, no, 100%. And I, and I think that's, I also struggle with that, though. I struggle with the fact that if I do leave this, how does that change the entire dichotomy of, of what you've one been building and what we've been building together. Like, will you want to do this going forward? Because I'm not involved with it. Is that, am I going to have a, an effect on you? And I didn't want to have an effect on you. I just wanted to be able to bow out and support you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Silent quitting is what like, I can call so, it. You know, the quiet quitting. Uh, I definitely quiet. I was quiet quitting heavily, but I wanted to be able to now, start opening up different avenues. I was like, man, I, how I saw it was, yes, we were making a lot of money, but it was coming from one place. And that was more that was more scarce to me than anything else. So I'm thinking like, I have to be able to figure out a way to diversify us. And somebody has to start thinking like this because we both was in that, if it don't broke, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We all, we was, you know, like, it's only this, only that. And nothing else. And that could be, a superpower and it could be a weakness at the same time. Um, so that, that was kind of a challenge, but the highlight was we, we, we did do really, really well together. We, we utilize each other's gifts and talents to be able to catapult us. But 
also now it helped us um, move into all, all, you know, another streams of income. It helped yeah, us sure. create other streams of income because we started thinking like, okay, how do we diversify? And that was the most important thing. Yeah, I think we really just started thinking like a business overall. Yeah. So it's now like Scaling, you know? versus just doing a business. It's having it's being an enterprise and yeah. building businesses within that. And like I said, your mind is so one track when you're in yeah. a space that you've been in for so long. And you've been doing Correct. the same thing and you've been doing it for a long time. And we did that for the majority of our 20s at that. So you're talking about moving, relocating, getting out of college. But the first thing that we did became, you know, damn near career vibes. You know what I mean? Exactly. So now how do you switch careers? Is it okay to do that? Feeling like that's not okay. But Man. like like those are the challenges. I think most of the challenges were more mental than they were financial, than they Definitely. were everything. It was just the battle of the mind. I will say the highlights were, one, for me, was just becoming a creative again. Just being creative to think, to have multiple ideas. Because when you're in that, if it ain't broke, don't fix it mindset, you're not thinking about nothing else you could do. Right. You're not thinking about nothing else you want to do. You should do because it's all like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let me put all my energy into this thing versus, like you said, creating those diverse avenues. I think one of the one of the detriments to entrepreneurship is that people feel like, uh, well, people will condemn people with nine to fives and, and we'll have yeah, them. I've that. done this. I've done it. I've said it. So sorry to y'all for those moments that it for all entrepreneurs out there, especially new entrepreneurs and you're starting or you're on your side hustle vibes. One of the things that we do that's terrible is that we depict entrepreneurship as if it's better than the person that's working corporate America. And we'll say things like, oh, if you work in a job, you got one income and that's too close to zero. Not realizing that most entrepreneurs are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. And and but because it might be more on a way scarcer level, though, but because it might be more money. Sometimes, most you know. sometimes, now you feel like you're you're it don't it, that don't count to you it don't that don't work for you it don't right. make sense it don't you don't count in that space, and so I think what was really powerful in you doing that is now having the diversity mindset because it's like you wouldn't invest in one stock you wouldn't invest in one crypto you wouldn't buy one property right. you would be trying to get that property to get the money to go put it in another property so you get that money and put it in another property and go you know continue the cycle, so why would I only start one business and not take the equity out of that business right. or take the capital that I gained from doing that and now scale it into other businesses. Exactly. So I would say that was the highlight. So the podcast came from that. Po yeah. The podcast was birthed from thinking like that as well. The podcast so. was birthed from Definitely that. a highlight. That's the highlight. Do you think it's a highlight? I hope <laughs> you think it's a highlight. All right. Um... All right, so the next question is, I've been working on my side hustle for over a year now, ready to leave my job and do it full time. Ooh, how, Lord. <laughs> how do you know? Don't, shut up. I'm crying. How do you know when it's time to make the leap and how do I prepare for the transition and leave my nine to five? Um, how do you know how do you know when it's time to leave your nine to five? Yep. Um, I think just and I think I have a newfound thought about it. Because you got to think about statistic wise, five it first five years makes or breaks a business. Mm -hmm. First five years, so I feel like if you can last profitably for five years in your business, and you're also probably making triple or more uh, from your business as profit, not revenue, mm -hmm. profit, then you are on your job. Then I think you're able to now leave and transition off your job. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, you know, I have, I have, I have mixed feelings about this because 
once you step out there, you out there, you out there, and you got to think about okay, well, how am I covered insurance wise? And one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to be out here with no insurance at all, because that's what we did. We man, we were living on, on edge. A wing and a prayer, for a <laughs> wing and a pr- prayer, and, and so many entrepreneurs are yes. out here in a wing and a prayer. And that is not, you know, that's that's not they don't the safest. Know, but the thing is, most people who are looking at entrepreneurship don't know that those are the other aspects that you have to consider. Yeah, that you have to consider. Because nobody's talking about this. Exactly. No one's talking about it. No, nobody's going to be honest about it. But there's, there's a majority, I would feel like, entrepreneurs out here that don't have any kind of coverage or insurance on themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's because it can be very, very expensive. Mm-hmm. And do you can you see yourself paying $1,000 a month? You have to pay it. You have to have discipline yes. enough to pay a thousand dollars a month in coverage, rather than having you know that already taken care of through through your job or through your you know nine to five income. Now, what was the other part of the question? It was how do I know that I'm ready to take the leap, and mm-hmm. what do I do to prepare for that transition? So preparing wise, I, I would say you got to have an emergency fund, and I ain't talking about just a year uh, of expenses. I'm thinking I'm thinking twenty four more months. Because uh, if especially if you if you're giving yourself that that time of being in business and being profitable, you should have over 20 months of, of your living expenses put to the side and as an emergency fund. Uh, then I would have an investment account. You have money put aside that that you can use to now uh, multiply your money. Um, and then also, like I said, you should be making three to four times uh, what you're making on your job in your business as profit, not revenue. A lot of people don't talk to you about this, but okay, they made uh, $200,000 in revenue. How much did they take home? How much did they keep in profit? How much of that was profit? Was it 20000 Was it 40000 Was it 50000 Okay, well, that's your salary. A lot of people, you know what I'm saying? Like they're, they're entrepreneurs and they're making money. You, you're probably making the same amount of money you was on your job. So you need to start thinking about that too. Like how profitable actually is my business? Uh, and then also, I would say uh, to get ready, that that would be it, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was good. Here's what I'll say. I think because of the glorification of entrepreneurship, it's important to make sure that you're making this move because you are financially ready. Not just because I'm yes. tired of this damn job. Not just because yeah. they get on my nerves and if I if I didn't have to go and and most people right now are working remote. I ain't gonna hold you. Some of y'all need to reevaluate how you're looking at your job if you're working from home. Working from home has created so much more of a work-life balance for most people. So, it, I, I mean, people are leaving six-figure jobs to do a six, the same six, like he said, the same six figures on your business where it's like, if I'm making six figures for my business and at home from mm-hmm. my job, I got a quarter mil. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I think it's important before you're thinking about leaving your job to be sure why you're doing it. Am I doing it just because I'm sick of going to work? If you cannot if you cannot keep a packed calendar or do everything that you're doing with the job, you're not going to do more of it just because you don't have one. This is the part people think that I need more time. It's a lie. Time is a, is is an illusion, literally. Yeah. And people feel like if I don't have my job, I'll have more time to do. If you can't do it with the job, you're not going to do it when you're off of it because you have more time. So now you feel like, oh, I could just do it later. You trust me. When I left my nine to five and I moved to Atlanta, I literally was like, oh, I can't wait till I could just wake up when I want to. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait to just lay around and chill out. And finally, I'm so I've been I've been getting up for, at six a.m. for the last year. I mean, I've been getting to work at 6 a.m. for the last year. 
6 a.m. for the last year and decided I was going to sit on my butt because, but I've been waiting all this time to be an entrepreneur because Mm -hmm. I was going to work harder if I didn't have my job. It's a lot. You literally become a whole different person when you leave that job. So be sure of your intention for doing that and be sure that you're financially prepared for what business brings. What people also don't talk about is that you can have a month where you make $100,000 and you can have a next month when you make $2,000. Are you ready for the difference (laughs) in the income financially this is why it's important before you leave your job to make sure you have that savings account so that you can be living off of what you profited long before you know what i'm saying and when you're looking at your money when you're looking at your savings you really got to start asking yourself how long can i live off my money if i never made another dime that's what wealth is measured with how long can i live off the money i have already made if i don't make a dime then i'll also be i will also say you probably need to be debt free of personal debt you know like bad debt yeah we're not talking about them student loans f them uh student <laughs> loan. i mean if you, if you can swing it i would say student loans but if you can swing it but i would say definitely any any really really bad debt like so personal basically we don't need to have no macy's cards no macy's so cards <laughs> no 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 personal credit no credit card you debt you owe american express 15000 definitely no payday loans no personal loans out in your name nothing from a credit union you don't want to be pay, you don't want to have that that pressure on you um if you're trying to leave your job you want to kind of be free of that that type of stuff cuz you want your expenses as low as possible and and typically a lot of people they they missed that step. They're like, man, I don't want to pay that stuff. No, pay that stuff off. Boy, I did that. Bruh, listen to me. Listen to me. I did that. Goofy, <laughs> goofy, goofy ass. Is that what I said? Goofy ass out here in Atlanta. <laughs> I saved up twenty thousand dollars before i left my job before we moved to atlanta right mm-hmm. i had a, a wells fargo credit card like you know my credit was going crazy and i had i went to apply for a credit card the same day i got paid i had three thousand dollars saved up and i had just made 1500 you know they approved me in seven seconds mm-hmm. gave me oh, five thousand yeah. dollars and they're gonna get you i had twenty thousand dollars in the bank i have three thousand dollars on this credit card you know what i said to myself I'm going to need this cash before I need that credit card. I'll pay that off as time goes by. Mm-hmm. But I need to make sure I got the capital yeah. for anything else. Yeah. Now, yes and no. Because what happens now is over time, when I first moved to Atlanta, I couldn't find a job. I have a master's degree in business. I have five years of corporate American experience from the, in the federal government. I was not working at Rainbow. I had a <laughs> job job. I ain't never, you know what I'm saying? Like I had started in the government. Right. And I couldn't find a job with all these credentials or whatever. So you're talking about for over two years, no income. I was making $200 a week. I was babysitting people, kids, and driving uber yeah you know hustling. what i'm saying you had to hustle I, I had to hustle but the whole thing was now now i got ish, now my credit is tanking because i owe wells fargo five thousand dollars and right. i ain't got it right. and i got a personal loan from navy federal Jesus. i owe them ten thousand dollars and i ain't got it and every time they call me you ever seen that part on dream girls is like did you look for a job today I did not look for a job today, mister. <laughs> All I know how to do is sing. That was me. I'm sitting down. Here, here I am, not making yeah. no money, but I owe all these people money, but I had the capital to pay for everything. To pay for everything, yeah. I didn't need 
the paid, not the payday loan. You said that I didn't need the personal loan, yeah. but these are things that you start to do when you you don't know no better. One, so now my credit is trash. Now I owe all these people money, and all I got to say is, no, I did not look for a job today, sir. I'm an entrepreneur. Do you understand? This is hilarious. This is the no, stuff but this, that people this don't is talk real. About. This is real. This is what happens every day. It happens daily. People people literally do this daily and. They don't know what they're getting themselves into. Because you you look there are so many successful entrepreneurs. We are them. We have we have a lot of friends and business partners that are successful entrepreneurs. But what you gotta understand is that a lot of us have been doing this for so long. We're at year seven. Yes. You know what I'm saying? We didn't make our first six figures yeah. for four years. Yeah. <laughs> like four. That's a fact. In the calendar year, yes. It took four years. What? Four years. And so it. what you got to understand is, are you willing to be in that for four years? That's why years? I said five. Yeah, that's why I said five. How long can your money last you if you're going through that process? $20,000, I could tell you, wasn't enough. And it definitely won't work. I mean, $20,000 ain't even enough. It ain't going to work now. in 2022 at all. Yeah, but I was, back then, it was, a, it was you know, back substantial. Then? Rent was $900 back then. Whew. We talking about rent. The median rent is like 2200 So mm-hmm. you definitely for one have to be 10 times more cautious these days. Um, and be a lot smarter. So, Jesus. hopefully, we answered that question. I'm pretty sure we did. We we touched Don't on that. Don't do it. Sorry. You know, just do it smart. Do it smart. Just calm down. It'll be okay. Honestly, I'm more into buying a business than starting a business. That's just me. But buy cash flow in business. That's also a gem. <laughs> All right, we're gonna wrap up with these two. Okay. Um, oh, we had 18. Okay. Uh, left. Yes. Okay. What do I do when I feel like my friends don't support my business? Um, this is my favorite, y'all. What do I do when, I, um, when my friends don't support my business? I would say grow up because grow up. No, no one, no one has. I want, I want people to understand this. No one has, no one has to support you in business. No one is obligated to support you in business. You are looking for customers. And customers are unforgiving. If you're looking for support in business, you're not ready for business. That's you know what I'm saying. Like, th- there's no support. There's no support. You're out here on like you're an entrepreneur. You are out here in the lion's den. You have to bring value to the marketplace in order to have customer acquisition and for people to continue to come back. So that means you have to be good at customer service. Mm-hmm. This is what you need to focus on. You don't need to focus on support. support. You need to focus on your customer service. So, so people can want to come back and, and, and use your product or service. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And we got a whole episode on support. But in particular, when it comes to support in business, what you got to understand is that your friends and your family are probably not your ideal customer. This is what people have to understand about entrepreneurship in the beginning anyway, mm-hmm. is that the person that you're trying to sell to, you're trying to get a sale from your friends and family first. Right. If I don't know Set if that's because up. you need to prove that it works, that what you're doing or whatever. It is going to set you up for failure because if you think that your family and friends are doing it because they like what you're bringing, more likely than not, they love you. Yeah. And if you are looking for support, you're putting yourself in a rabbit hole to expect something from not your ideal customer in the first place. Let's say you make... Let's say you make five thousand dollars with whatever it is that you're selling, but it was all friends and family. Well, can you return that and, and do it next month? Do it because they're not gonna keep buying. Like do if you're selling a hoodie, your fam- friends and family are only buying it because they love you. I want to support you. If somebody gives you a support purchase, it was that. It's what I call a sympathy buy. It's not 
it's 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 not your ideal customer. It's not your ideal target market unless you're doing something within the field of those people. If I open up a studio, I for sure know I have a clientele. Yeah. Because a lot of my friends are musicians. They're producers. If I open up a, a rehearsal space, I know I have a clientele. But what you got to also be careful for is that support you're looking for is probably going to be asked with a discount. <laughs> that's fact. What's up, bro? That's, that's a fact. I'm trying that's to support a, what you got going on. That is a fact. When you start, the, the, but you, you ask for that. You ask for support. So when they come and ask you for support and say, I'm trying to support what you got going they on, but they ask for too. a discount, they too want to be supported. Yeah. Are we, you ready for that? We can we can go on we can go in for days on this. But that's the that's the answer to the question. When support when somebody doesn't want your friends and family don't support your business, go find customers. Yes. That's the answer. Target. Target market. Your friends and family are not your target market. <laughs> all right, last question. <laughs> what are some ways that you all have reconnected while raising a toddler and working from home? More sex. Um, that is true. A lot, a lot of more sex. <laughs> to reconnect, yeah, it's it's about being intentional. I think, and also being intentional about each other's space and time. Like, I have no, I, I have no problem with you needing time for yourself. Uh, you know, the long target runs you do and stuff like that. Yeah, the two hour target you need runs. Some time. If you need some time to yourself, tell your husband you go into the grocery store. Right, you they know what I'm saying, that. or or you could just say, "I just need time," you know what I'm saying, because we get it. Um, but I think it's allowing each other to have that their time apart because it is a lot. It can be a lot, you and know, mentally. And it was mentally. a lot before the child too. It I was think a lot, yeah. we had to learn the dynamic of not being together, finding your own thing, especially because we were in business together too. Yeah. So you're talking about living together, being married. You're not at your job no more. And we like we're just doing everything together. Yeah, so fine, one of the things do. is giving yourself space and time, yeah. um, just to be individuals and do your own thing, work on your own projects, your own hobbies. You go to the gym all the time. Yeah. Um. You know. Oh, I get big. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm, saying? I, I'm you know networking, going to different events. You know, we. I mean, I, I would also say one of the things that helped us now too is focusing and being intentional about our spiritual relationship, um, mm-hmm. our spiritual growth. Um, finding a church. Shout out to Change Church. We found a church. High five. Yeah, thanks. We found a church, <laughs> but um, that's definitely helped in our growth to be able to grow spiritually together um, and be focused on that. But with the toddler, y'all, listen, that is not for the week. It is it's not. not it's heart. not. It's it's like I said just the other day. We was kind of like mentally drained and frustrated just because he won't sleep right now. He's going through a phase, mm-hmm. um, so he's not sleeping much throughout the night. So you're kind of deprived. So also, you know, being able to kind of you get really got to work as a team. You got to be a team and uh, encourage each other because and it's, encourage it's, each it's other. Def- it's definitely difficult. But one of the things that we're very intentional about is date night and even if it's with him, it's it's just taking some time to do something that has nothing to do with business, nothing to do with um, you know, clientele, nothing to do with even the baby. He's just he's raising, just yeah, us. but I say not you know, it's not raising. about parenting. It's just about let's let's go have some fun, let's go have a good time together. Um, and you know, I think us being intentional about let's put him to bed and let's watch a movie, or let's put him to bed and let's um, you know, talk, let's put him to bed and let's do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, uh, it just is what it is. I think some of those things have been very helpful in our reconnection season right now. And and honestly, being able to help each other through our processes and building new businesses, too. Um, 
it's kind of like everything that we do always ends up complementing each other, even though now they're in their own separate entities. Yep. Um, we have two incredible skill, two different skill sets, multiple skill sets, but what who he is and who I am, they complement each other so much that we find a lot of happiness and a lot of peace in helping build. We've always been that people. Like we do find a lot of peace in building things together too. Um, right. So I, I would definitely say date night, you know, a lot of sex. Yeah, definitely. Well, and good walks. This has been the finale of season two. How you feel? I feel amazing. I'm, I'm always sad, but we're gonna be back. Season three is about to be in production, and it's gonna be absolutely incredible. More topics, more people to talk to, more oh, couples, yes. more guests. Holiday season there are. Holiday us. season is coming. He's about to turn thirty. Oh uh, my god. You'll I'm about to turn by the 30. Time we'll come back. By the time we'll come back, you'll already be 30, I'm sure. Jesus, I'll be geriatric. Okay. Jesus, sorry to all of us 30-year-olds that all are All y'all are old as hell. Yes, all y'all old as hell. That's because your bones is cracking. That, yeah, my back be feeling like I'm 50 every time I wake up. <laughs> I don't know why. But. Well, listen, we love you guys. We appreciate y'all for rocking with us. Um, this has been another episode, another season of the So Let's Talk About It podcast. Um, I'm your co-host, Brittany Garrison. And I'm Malcolm Garrison. And you can follow me at Brittany Donnell. You can follow me at Malcolm underscore two underscores Garrison. And don't forget to follow the show at So Let's Talk About a Podcast. And don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Oh, and if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to uh, review. And then we said all that, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, share. We forgot those. Don't forget to like, like share. share. Uh, let well. us know what you thought about this. If you guys have questions, we might might do another one of these next season. Uh, questions that need answers um, was really really dope. So we love y'all. We appreciate y'all. We'll see you guys next season. We out, y'all. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park